computer. And um, so, no, yeah. So really what I want is you to just give me, again, five minutes, big leaf, 50,000 foot overview. I've got, again, email, you know, email list of, of mid-market IT directors and just kind of want to highlight why big leaf is, you know, special and, and how you're making, you know, people's lives better, but really more, more or less, where would you use, where, where are we using big leaf and why? Okay. Makes sense. Are you going to ask questions or you just want me to do my thing and just, no, no, we're doing this right now. We're, we're doing it right now. I'm, I already hit record no. by the way. We're, we're recording this. So it's uh, just, you know, there uh, we go. give me, um, you know, just give me the kind of the, the 50,000 foot overview of uh, big leaf and uh, what, you know, what some of the key points are. Sure. Sure. Thank you. So yeah, we are an SD-WAN solution, but I think we are a very uh, unique uh, solution in the market where we, I think really we consider ourselves more an upgrade uh, to the internet. Um, we are trying to add intelligence and optimization um, onto a customer's existing internet circuits. Um, so by doing that, uh, we can do load balancing and failover, and uh, we can do bi-directional QoS, um, really over existing internet circuits. And this works for uh, single locations or multiple locations, it doesn't matter, uh, same architecture, <clears throat> where we are actually controlling the traffic all the way from the customer's location uh, to our gateway clusters, which actually sit in major peering centers around the U.S. and around the world. So we can control customers' uh, cloud traffic from their location all the way to the cloud in both directions. Um, so by doing that, we get a lot of, uh, we're able to get a lot of visibility and control into a customer's traffic. Uh, we have a full reporting portal where we can report on packet loss and latency and jitter and throughput <laughs> um, in both directions. So there's a lot of intelligence that's added there, um, a lot of control. So maybe let's just, so, hit on, like, what are some of the typical challenges sure. and problems that you see and how and, and where you come in? So someone's like, you know, I see you guys as the QoS or the VoIP QoS problem solver. You know, someone's having mm -hmm. issues with XYZ provider and there's, you know, finger pointing going back and forth and, you know, oh, it's the network or, oh, it's the ISP provider, you know, whatever it is, you guys come in and save the day. I mean, that's how I see mm -hmm. you. But in reality, what are the typical challenges and problems that you're seeing that you come in and help eliminate and solve? Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think that's a good example of, you know, a customer is having a VoIP problem and we're able to come in and solve that problem. And really the way we can do that is um, uh, by utilizing multiple ISP connections, um, we have an advantage over just putting, say, multiple connections into a firewall. We actually have end-to-end -end, uh, control over that traffic in both directions. And then because we have that visibility of the whole path of that traffic from the customer site all the way to the cloud, um, we have that intelligent uh, view of what's going on and uh, we're able to apply those quality of service controls uh, to prioritize that, uh, it, it, you know, whether it's voice or any other important traffic that that customer has. And are we doing uh, anything extra? I mean, are we doing anything like, you know, you know, packet error correction or dual, you know, like, you know, sending double, you know, double packets. Are we doing anything special there or tagging, you know, headers and footers or anything like that? So we are actually doing session-based control. Um, so what, 
by doing that, we actually are, so we're monitoring those connections, each ISP connections up to 10 times every second. Mm -hmm. So um, we have that real time look into what's going on. So when a session gets established, whether it's a voice call or a cloud session or whatever the case is, Mm-hmm. We're actually looking at that point in time, which ISP connection is best suited for that traffic. So maybe a voice call is going to go on a circuit that has lower latency and packet loss. Mm-hmm. But if there's a file transfer or some other connection that needs bandwidth, we're going to choose the connection that, that actually has the best bandwidth. So we're making a choice in real time of what circuit is best appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. And then if anything changes during that session, we can move the traffic to the other ISP connection or any ISP connection up to four. And um, because we've also assigned the customer a new IP subnet uh, Mm -hmm. that they've assigned onto their firewall or other public devices, when we make a change of ISPs, whether it's a failover or there's some event that's causing us to move it over, seamless failover because the IP address that we've assigned you never changes no matter what IP you're going over. So it's a seamless failover event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so it's easy to manage. It's easy really, to manage plug and play various different ISPs. Uh, and it's, and, and this is happening really, I mean, it's happening in mill. We're, we're talking like millisecond failover. So we're not, there's no real, there's no drop. If someone was on a phone call or something like that and you needed to switch, you know, providers or someone dropped or whatever, there's a cable cut or you unplugged the cable or whatever it is, that call still, that's, that call is still up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in many cases we're actually, sensing those outages before they even are an outage. You know, so if there's excessive packet loss building up or there's mm-hmm. extreme amounts of latency, we're going to move that session before it probably even drops. I mean, obviously, if there's a cable cut, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, we're moving traffic away from circuits that are having issues even before they are. And actually sending out alerts, too, to let you know that this is happening so you can take action. Now, how are you cleaning up? How are you cleaning up just voice quality in general? Is it just due to the peering agreements that you have with various different providers? Because sometimes customers make no changes, don't add a secondary internet connection. They bring you in and you just tend to just clean up QoS problems and, and jitter and echoey and, and you know calls that are doing this type of stuff. Um, a lot of times you guys are just able to clean up the entire network. Why is that? Well, mainly because we have bi-directional control. So so we have control, obviously, from the customer site outbound, which, you know, there are other services that can do some of that. But really, I think where we shine is the inbound connection. So because we're uh, tunneling the traffic from the customer site back t- uh, t- to our core gateways and back, we have control on that inbound traffic. You know, we can groom that traffic to make sure that there's not a download or some other traffic that's stepping on voice or other important connections. Um, where other services, you know, if you can control outbound QoS, that's one thing, but being able to control inbound QoS is very difficult if you don't have a cloud gateway solution. Mm. Um, so the fact that we can control in both directions allows us to maintain that voice quality or that video quality, whatever the case might be. Are there any use cases in, say, construction or healthcare or manufacturing that, you know, that have just been really good use cases for you guys that you can think of at the top of your head? Yeah, we've seen a lot of medical lately, a lot of healthcare, um, whether it's multi-site or single site, um, you know, whether it's vision centers or hearing centers or, you know, those multiple sites mm-hmm. who are, you know, they've moved to the cloud, whether it's voice over IP connections, you know, they're doing hosted services, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are doing, you know, they've moved to Office 365 or they're moved to medical records that are hosted in the cloud. Yep. 
we can now make sure that those mission critical apps um, not, so obviously not only receive priority but also get uptime because now we've had multiple ISP connections we can maintain a connection over the best IP sorry ISP at that you know at any one point in time so so it's about uptime uh, prioritization optimization for really any mission critical cloud traffic and, and that's good and, for like a and I think the other practice because oh. a lot of times they're maybe I don't want to say short staffed but a lot of times it's you know one IT director or two ID directors and it's 13 locations and you know 300 users or something like that and yeah mm -hmm. someone's migrating to an, an, an EMR type you know cloud system and it just becomes somewhat overwhelming in that in that type of environment and organization especially with a bunch of doctors running around and, and various different staff that's you know, has different levels of, I would say, mm -hmm. technology know-how, so to speak, you know what I mean? So it's not like, uh, you know, yep. like, why is everything so slow? You know, you get that and there's not, not necessarily a, uh, maybe they, they, they aren't used to paying or experiencing and or having a high kind of like, a, I guess you would say like an IIT department of, of some sorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, so not only are we going to be able to manage those connections and put traffic over the correct connection, but there's intelligence we're adding. Obviously, there's reporting and analytics and alerting that are happening to let you know what we are doing and let the customer or the managed service provider or their IT department know that there are issues and they can take action and uh, work with their carriers to resolve those issues before they become a major problem, or if they are a problem, to help identify where in the network those problems are occurring. So it's so as much about providing the uptime as it is the intelligence on how to troubleshoot when there are issues. So, so let's just say, yeah, there is a cable provider, for example, and you're able to give intelligent reporting, uh, you know, that shows, I don't know, what, 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 what would be the, what would we show latency, like basically like large latency gaps or, you know, very long latency type issues. Yeah, that's normally what happens. Yeah. You're normally seeing packet loss or latency over the provider's network. Mm -hmm. And because, we're actually monitoring from our endpoints, our router that sits at the customer site all the way back to our gateway and in both directions. Mm -hmm. We're not just monitoring the local loop, which you know, oftentimes there's problems on the local loop. But in a, a lot of cases, those problems actually occur on the provider's backbone network. So we're able to identify those problems because we're um, actively monitoring across the entire pathway. Mm -hmm. We can tell where those issues are occurring and our you know our tech support uh, folks are more than happy to get on the phone and help uh, troubleshoot with those carriers and help them really in many cases identify where the problem is in their own network um, so not only do, you know it makes troubleshooting easier but it's also a, oh it's usually much faster time to resolution because we can you know actually pinpoint where in the network those issues are so you'll get on the, a conference call with IT director and uh, a cable ISP provider and provide reporting and details on latency packet loss and able to troubleshoot, trouble, basically troubleshoot and overcome those issues as opposed to just live with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, honestly like I, that, what in the past, that's yeah. really what most, I, what most, what most people have to deal with is, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm seeing latency. I'm tracking this, I'm tracking that. But uh, at the end of the day, how much actually gets done? 
Well, there's nothing more, I think, probably nothing more frustrating than having to open a ticket with a provider and them just saying, you know, it looks like your local loop is fine. You know, we're not seeing any problems. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. That's where you can get our team on the phone. You know, it's a 24 by 7 knock. It's based in the U.S., staffed by SD-WAN engineers. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you call, they pick up the phone and they can hop right into an issue with you. Uh, you know, if it's 3 in the morning or 3 in the afternoon, it doesn't matter. Um you guys are pretty cost effective. You get on a conference call. How, how do you guys do yep. your your yep. price your pricing breakdown? I mean, as far as I know, it's it's almost like a no brainer. But it is based on throughput, so uh, we can accommodate between one and four ISP connections. So we don't care how many plug into the device, um, and then it's just the aggregate of the uh, throughput that that customer requires. So, so normally, let's do a quick if, example, you know, the bandwidth, uh, let's yeah. say I've got a hundred by 20 time Warner cable connection and I've got a uh, hundred mm-hmm. meg fiber, mm-hmm. you know, so in our fiber. case, that would be a 200 meg. Yeah. So that would require 200 meg of throughput mm-hmm. and our service is also symmetrical. So we have a, we actually have tiers from 10 meg all the way up to a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you would just select the tier that's most appropriate in that case, it's a, uh, uh, 250 meg by uh, 250 meg service, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what does that yeah, run a month? To, what is that? What is that about a month? Uh, curious. Uh, 299 dollars a month. Okay, awesome. So for yep. 300 dollars, we'll aggregate all the bandwidth. We'll give you your. Mm-hmm. Is that including the subnet that, like we talked about, the IP subnet? Yep. Yeah, exactly. That includes the public IP address for the customer. Yep. Awesome. So, um, you know, basically you get one set of, you get one IP block for all your providers as opposed to multiple IP blocks. That's exactly. Yeah. So we separated that IP subnet from the providers at this point. So now, well, really you don't even need an IP address any longer from your providers. We can actually, you know, we don't require a static IP address in our router because you're plugging your ISP connections into our router. Now we don't even require a static from the provider. So there may actually be some MRC savings in that case. Um, but now the subnet we um, are actually now assigning you is no longer tied to an ISP. So you could add ISPs, you could remove ISPs, you can add another one. And that has no effect on the Big Leaf subnet that we've assigned you. It's mm-hmm. um, awesome. So once you cut over to Big Leaf, you can do anything with your ISP connections and it has no effect on that subnet. So that, you know, it's very easy. And you, Actually, I think one thing we didn't, I'm not sure I mentioned was our solution sits out in front of the customer's firewall. So that means that, you know, if a customer is invested in a firewall solution, a best of breed solution, Mm -hmm. uh, they just put the big leaf service out in front of their firewall, uh, which means there's no changes needed on the firewall other than changing the IP address. So there's no security really no security policy changes needed and we're not sitting on the customer's land so there's no compliance issues you know if there's any pci or hipaa compliance uh we really we're not involved in any of that because we're sitting out in front of the customer's firewall so if they have any vpn connections nailed up if they're site-to-site connections or client connections Mm -hmm. we're actually able to prioritize and protect that traffic as we would any other cloud traffic Uh, so really no changes to their security posture whatsoever Awesome. Do you have anyone from your team, whether that be yourself or anyone that would be willing to get on a phone call and talk with um, any of my IT directors that are on my secret mid-market IT list? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. I have 
some SE and engineering resources. If there's any questions related to, you know, our services or our network, I can get an engineer on the phone as well. So we'd be more than happy to do it if it's a phone call, a web sharing, or even in person. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks absolutely. for taking a few minutes to do this. Um, as off the hook as it was, uh, I appreciate it. You know, I'm calling this. Uh, uh, we're just going to start calling this series "Recorded Phone Calls." <laughs> So thank okay. you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so appreciate right, it. Phil. Yeah, man. Have a great day. All right, Phil. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye.